welcome back. I'm going to give the choir break tonight. Everyone who asked for it, you give me $20 as we walk out this evening. Grab your hymn book, stand to your feet tonight. Brother Ken's going to come lead us as we stand and sing together this evening. Come on now. Amen. We all know and love the song in your red book tonight, hymn number 346. I know my name is there. We'll sing all four verses since the choir's getting a break. We'll wear ourselves out. Hymn number 346 tonight, I know my name is there. Shared downstairs 
during our Sunday school, and I know there were others as well. Let's open up in prayer and ask the Lord to meet with us tonight. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus, thanking you for the opportunity that you've provided. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be back tonight on a Sunday evening. Doors being open, folks willing to come out and hear from heaven. Lord, I pray that you'd bless each of these requests now. Again, as we've done all the last few weeks, we pause a moment and ask a special touch upon the Biggs family. Lord, as they're continuing to battle multiple health issues. Lord, I pray for Brother Mike's family as well and the homegoing of his stepfather. Lord, I pray that you'd bless that family. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Bless our services tonight. Now, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated now. Thank you for being back tonight. I have to share this with you, put a smile on your face. Uh, I, I have a difficult time being still, as think, I think most of you know. Uh, and, and oftentimes when, when uh, someone else is praying, which we always do during choir and other times, I'm giving notes to Renee and to Miss Lisa, and, and someone put a post on, you know, we, we live stream our services. Someone put a note on Facebook that, uh, don't he know they're supposed to be still while they're praying? Amen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Thank you for being back tonight. A few quick announcements. Uh, don't forget next Sunday morning, ladies' Sunday school class. Also, uh, uh, for uh, the basket for Shane and Melanie, and I will be doing the uh, teens and young, young men and the senior men, uh, excuse me, the adult men downstairs, my class. The other class will, of course, be meeting up here. Then right after services tonight, I need some folks to help me downstairs, some fellas, if you would. Uh, they had the floors waxed this weekend, and we need to get the stuff pulled back out for the ladies. I told the ladies in the child care center we'd help them lift those heavy things. So if you'd help me downstairs, fellas, right after services, I would sure appreciate it. Thank you, teens that have already signed up for teen conference. Uh, let me remind all the teens and young adults that are going to teen conference, you need to be here Saturday, if at all possible, for the golf tournament, you're going to be able to earn money to count towards your teen conference. That's less money that your mom and daddy has to pay for. Say amen, mamas and daddies. That gives them the opportunity. Well, I'm saying it for my kids. Uh, that gives them the opportunity to work off and use uh, those resources to pay towards this teen conference coming up. And we need to get that signed up as soon as possible. Next Sunday's the deadline. I, I pushed it out a little bit too far, so we got to get that information out to CT Ministry, uh, CT Townsend Ministry, so help us with that. And then you don't have to pay anything uh, until we get ready to go. So you'll get a total of the balance due after, after the accounts and after the golf tournament. And then parents, you don't have to do the final total total until we leave, but you do have to pay when we head out in July, so keep that in mind if you would. Uh, and ladies, if you haven't signed up for the Women's, women's Mountain Retreat, keep that in mind. Please get that signed up uh, as soon as you can. All right, uh, we had uh, to, this morning the opportunity to recognize our graduates, but of course one of them could not be with us today as her uh, grandfather had passed away, but bless her heart, she's back tonight. Uh, so we want to recognize, amen. I haven't called your name yet. Go sit back down. I'm just kidding, Michaela. All right, we want to recognize our other graduate, Michaela, who not only is graduating from uh, uh, Bassett High School, but like several others, also got her associate's degree from Patrick Henry Community College. So come on up here, Michaela. Stand up. Stand up, really, stand up. Smile at Brother Danny. All right, that's from me and Miss Renee and the church. And the ladies have got a little something there for you as well. Give Michaela a big round of applause, folks. Good job, Michaela. Proud of you, sweetheart. 
That's just awesome. And again, graduates, congratulations on your achievements. We sure are proud of you. And uh, if you haven't signed these things, make sure you do it tonight. Several of them have got things out there for you to take advantage of. All right, fellas, come on and make your way down this Wednesday. Uh, excuse me, not this Wednesday night. Whew. This Sunday night. Uh, you can come and take it up Wednesday night again if you want. Miss Marsha, you come get ready to sing. You be obedient unto the Lord. Uh, with his tithes and your offerings, uh, we'll ask God's blessings. Lord, bless the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give in this capacity. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' sweet name. Amen.
much. And let me, uh, uh, I didn't announce this with the ladies. You all will be meeting in the teen room for the ladies Sunday school. And uh, my class will be meeting downstairs. And I'm going to talk to the teen guys and the young adult men uh, about uh, some Christ-centered spiritual leadership. What that means. Uh, and I have to tell you, this is a little bit of Gregology. But I think it's an important statement. One of the reasons spiritually our nation is in the state that it is is because Christian men quit being Christian leaders. And we expected the wives to do all of that. And don't misunderstand me. Thank God for godly wives and godly mothers. But as we approach Father's Day, fellas, we're going to be talking a little bit about this uh, and the importance it is for, for our children, for our next generation, for Christian leaders to understand what it means to be a Christian man and have that display of Christian leadership. We'll be talking about that. Uh, you know what? I just feel led to do this. Somebody over here on this side tonight, stand up and give me a word of testimony how God's blessed you this week. Somebody stand up and do something. We're going to be standing here a long time if you don't. Do, do, do. Thank you, Brother Carl. Help yourself, buddy. Amen, buddy. Amen. I have to tell you this, after we did the presentation today for the graduates, um, Brother Carl Ratliff's very first boss ever, Eddie Gunner, came up to me and said, he got to start with me. <laughs> he is everything he is today because of you, Eddie Gunner. Amen. Amen. I've heard a few horror stories. I'm just telling you. Somebody in the middle tonight, stand up and brag on the Lord. Something God's done for you if you want to just brag on the Lord. Come on, stand stand up, brother. Go ahead, brother, up church. Amen.
Amen. The more I spend with our seniors, the more I w realize they're a bunch of whack jobs. Amen. <laughs> hey, I heard stories this weekend that would curl your toes. Amen. What happens on that bus stays on that bus. And for you to experience that bus, you got to get on the senior citizen road trips, all I can tell you. Boy, I thought teenagers had some stories. It ain't nothing compared to what them senior saints tell. Lord, help. All right, somebody on my left tonight, on this side, stand up and brag on the Lord. Come on. Go ahead, brother. Go on, sister, and then I'll do you, brother Pat. Go ahead, sister. Absolutely. You better believe it. Absolutely. Amen. I don't know why you beat your son-in-law up while you say that, honey. You have to go home and have a bruise removed, don't you? Amen. Brother Peck, go ahead, buddy. You jumped up. Help yourself, man. Amen, buddy. Yes, it is. Amen. Amen, Brother Peck. Thank you so much. You know what I have to tell you, folks? And Josh, you come on and get ready, buddy. I have to tell you one of the things that I, I've, I've preached about it for 15 years, 16. Well, pastored 16, preached about it for 20, about God's grace being sufficient. But I have to tell you, uh, since the home going of my mother, I have experienced firsthand that God's grace is sufficient. Just when you think, I mean, I have to tell you, all the times... Uh, and, and I promised you I wouldn't bore you with stories about my mama, but all the times the last two or three years when she got so sick, and we knew, Dad and I knew that her time was short and her time was fleeting. In the back of my mind, I just kept thinking, I'll never be able to do this without mama. I'll never be able to live without mama. God's grace is sufficient. And he gives you grace that you don't think you'll have to take you one more step. Amen. What an opportunity for Josh. I love this young man, and I'm always glad for him to be able to share what's on his heart. So you give him your ear tonight. Josh, will you come on this evening, buddy? Love you, man. Just turn me, if you would, tonight to the book of Haggai. Woo, you go, buddy. We've been doing some studies at the Bible College in the book of Haggai, and uh, there's only about 38 verses, but we've done a 
12-week study on in the book of Haggai. So we've really had a good opportunity to break it down, and I've learned a lot out of this book so far. But I just want to give you a little something out of the first chapter of Haggai that the Lord has laid on my heart. Um, but while you're turning, I just want to share a little something. Um, since the Lord's called me to preach, He's really put a burden on my heart, not only for seeing lost souls saved, but for believers. Amen. You may think that seems a little strange, but in my opinion... If we as believers don't know exactly what we're supposed to do, then how can we lead lost souls to Christ? Exactly right, son. And so I'm afraid that many believers today don't realize the true meaning of being a Christian. There's more to it than coming to church, reading your Bible, and praying. Absolutely. It's evident in the world today that too many believers are getting lost in the things of this world. And I don't necessarily mean drugs or alcohol or necessarily bad things like that but we get caught up in our everyday lives in our jobs and taking care of our homes taking care of our families that a lot of times we forget to witness to people we forget to just be the christians that god has called us to be Amen. many men are called to be preachers many many women called to be sunday school teachers or awana leaders you help around the church things of that nature but tonight what I want to stress is that each and every one of us are called to do God's work where we are placed Amen. in our lives and the Amen. world that we live in. Um, it doesn't matter what you're doing. God's placed you there for a reason. In the job that you're in, in the home that you're in, God's placed you there. And it may be to seek or to reach one person that's lost that you may be the only person that can reach that particular person. Each and every one of us has a testimony and each and every one of us has a story. Use the testimony that God's given you and use the story that God has given you to reach those who other people may not be able to reach. Before we get into the message tonight, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you today. Lord, I want to thank you for my life. I want to thank you for the woman that you've given me to stand beside of me. God, I want to thank you for this child that you have blessed us with. Lord, we don't know what we're getting into, really, but, Lord, I just want to thank you for the blessing. And, Lord, I pray that you'll be with this message, Lord. I pray that it'll touch some hearts tonight that are in this building. God, it's really touched me. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll help it to reach someone if it's just one person, God. Amen. And, Lord, I just pray that we can walk out of this building changed and we can stand for you no matter where we're at. These things I ask in your name. Amen. Amen, Joshua. That's good, son. A few years ago, some friends and I try to get a car club started. And as we were sitting around thinking of some names, we come up with we wanted to come up with something that was that would describe all of us as car guys, you know, and uh, but what had a very true part in it for car enthusiasts. We come up with a two-word name. The two-word name describes any car enthusiast I've ever met in my entire life. Um, no matter how much horsepower you got, you always want a little more. No matter how much chrome you got, you always want a little bit more. You always want a little bit more, and it's just, you just never have enough. Um, this two-word statement can also describe many people in today's society. And unfortunately, it can describe many Christians. The two-word statement is also the title of tonight's message, and it's never satisfied. Amen. Never satisfied. A lot of times, we are quick to look around in the world and see people who make lots of money. They might make six-figure digits for their salary throughout the year. They got big homes, marble floors in their homes, the nicest furniture, really fancy cars, but they never have enough. Yeah. It's, it's never enough to them. They're never satisfied with what they have. A lot of times, Christians find ourselves in the very same thing. 
we get used to the blessings God gives us. We get used to how he shows up in our church services, and we take it for granted. We get used to it. It begins to become not enough. We begin to get unsatisfied with the blessings that God has given us. Well, the very same thing began to happen to a remnant of Jews that were released from captivity after the 70 years of Babylonian captivity. In the book of Ezra, the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the Jews had returned to Jerusalem and had began to rebuild the temple. Well, of course, they wanted to put a stop to this, so they wrote a letter to King Artaxerxes saying that if he let the Jews continue building the temple, then he would not receive his toll, his tribute, right. um, custom, or revenue that would be due to him. So King Artaxerxes issued a decree to stop work on the temple. So, of course, the Jews were forced to stop their work on the temple. Well, not long after that, in the book of Haggai, we see that the Jews have gotten used to not doing God's work. They've gotten used to not doing what God wanted them to do. So they, they got lazy. They started focusing on their own homes, their own lands, their own crops, and those things began to take more importance in their life than what God did. And that brings us to where our scripture starts in the first chapter of Haggai, chapter number 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shittael, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, it is time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Now, what this is saying here in chapter number 4, uh, I was a little confused when they, meant, when they wrote sealed houses. To me, I was thinking that just meant it had doors, it had windows, it had a roof. But that's not quite the case. Sealed houses in these days were houses that were fit for a king. Houses that were extremely nice. And so... What they're saying here, what God is saying here, is that the, these people, these Jews, have not built the temple, but yet they built themselves extremely nice houses. So in verse number 5, he says, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now verse number 6 is where we're going to get, that's going to be our key verse for tonight's message. But verse number 6 says, Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Now what this verse tells me is that these people planted tons of crops. They worked hard in the fields, but it was never enough. Yep. They always wanted more crops, more food, more things. Then it also says, ye, have, ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Same aspect. They had tons of drink. They had tons of water, but it was never enough. They always thirsted. They always wanted more. They were never satisfied. Then he goes on to say, Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. So yet again, they've got clothes, but their clothes aren't good enough. Their clothes aren't the nicest thing. They're not the warmest thing. They're not satisfied with the blessing that God had given them of just having a simple shirt on their back or pants on their legs, shoes on their feet. They just weren't satisfied with that. Then it continues to say, He that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Oh, 
And what, he, what I'm taking from that is that they were putting all this time, all this effort, all this money into building their own houses and doing the things that they wanted to do, that it was just as if you took a bag, put money in it, and as you walked, the bag never got full. The bag, the money's just blowing down the road, walking, just flying around behind you, just a waste of money. They realized, they soon realized that they were just, they had wasted their strength, they had wasted their money, their time was spent, they couldn't get it back, and the Lord's house is still lying there waste. Verse number 7 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Again, he says, Consider your ways. In verse number 8, he says, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and, bring the, and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. And what I see there is the Lord tells him, He says, If you go to the mountain and bring the wood and build the house, I will take pleasure in it. So he said he'd be happy if they do that. It would please him. But he also says, He will be glorified. I will be glorified. So in this, God says, give me the glory because you've built my house. This is my house. I deserve the glory for what I have done. And in verse number 9, he says, Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste. And ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon the, that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Now what I see here is that these people did not do what God wanted them to do, what God asked them to do, what God told them to do. So therefore, they had to pay the consequences for that. Anytime that God tells us to do something and we deliberately don't do it, when the adversaries had come in and forced them to stop the work, God would have taken care of them had they kept on working. That's right. God would have gave them the strength and the, that, the protection that they needed to keep working, but they chose to stop working yep. because it was easier. It, wasn't, it didn't take as much effort if they would just quit the work. So these verses plainly tell me that if we do not do what the Lord has called us to do, whether it be rebuild his temple, teach a Sunday school class, be faithful to his house, be a witness to a lost family member or friend, whatever it may be, we will have to suffer the consequences for our actions. Amen. Our churches are falling apart today, and I firmly believe that it's our responsibility to live as close of a life to, as Christ as humanly possible so that we can rebuild the churches in our communities. We can make the importance of the name of Jesus Christ known again. It's our time, church. We are the ones God has to use to reach lost people today. We are the ones God has to use to expand his kingdom. I hear so many people talk about the amazing men and women of yesteryear, and the men and women of yesteryear have done amazing things. God has used them in amazing ways, but it's our time. Amen. It's time for us to take a stand and reach the world today because we are living today. Many men and women... God have used in miraculous ways to reach thousands of people. We're living now, and we must allow God to use us the way he wants to and where he wants to. God can use you, and he can use me, just as he did Billy Graham, just as he has Miss Kyla Rowland, and just as he, as he is using C.T. Townsend. Sure. Each one of these people have reached thousands of people in their ministries, just like many other people back in, in, the, day, in the older days. So many people will talk about the good old days. Well, how about the good days of today? Amen. 
We need to take a stand for Christ and stand for what we believe in and not back down from that. Amen. And how did God use these people so, so just miraculously? Because they surrendered their life to Christ Amen. and let Him use them, Him use them the way that He chose to do so. Could you imagine if each and every person in this room tonight would share the gospel with even 500 people in their lifetime? Imagine the amount of lives God could change just by those people. But notice that I said people who would share the gospel, yeah. not people who could share the gospel. Every person in this room tonight can share the gospel. Sure. It's if you will allow God to use you the way that he wants to use you. We're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to expand the kingdom of God. That is our sole purpose as Christians on this earth is that God can work through us to reach people that are lost in this world to expand his kingdom. Amen, and we're here to give God the glory for everything he's done in our lives. I just, I can't stress that enough. And I'll say it again. We're here for one reason, and that is just to expand the kingdom of God and not stun its growth. If we're not careful, we will end up just living our everyday lives. Yes, we might go to church, and yes, we might pray every day over every meal, read our Bibles, but if we don't share that with anybody, we're wasting our time. Amen. We're not doing what God has put us here to do. That's good. So let's look at the end of chapter number 2. Well, actually, let's go to verse number 2. I mean, verse number 4, I'm sorry, in chapter number 2 of Haggai. The Bible says, be, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you saith the Lord of hosts. So right there, God says that you are to be strong, you are to be strong, you are to be strong, right. you are to be strong, and work. Yeah. Because God will be with you no matter what you're doing. He will give you the strength to get through it. Amen. Flip with me, if you would, really quickly. I just want to share one more thing with you. First uh, Corinthians 15, verse number 58. Here the Bible says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now what that verse tells me is that we are to be steadfast, we are to be unmovable, and we are always abounding in the work of the Lord. We're always to be doing what God wants us to do where he has placed us in this world. Amen. Now we'll go back to Haggai chapter 2. Sorry to make y'all flip so much, but we'll go back over there. Um, this brings me to the next part of this message. We'll start in uh, chapter number 20. We'll read 20 through 23 in chapter number 2 of Haggai. The Bible says, And again, the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the four and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen, and I will overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shittael, 
saith the Lord, and will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. So those verses there reiterate to me that God will take care of his own. No matter what you're doing, if you do it as unto the Lord, do it according to what God has told you to do and what God wants you to do, what God has called you to do, he will bless you for that. Now, I can't tell you what God, what blessings you may receive. I can't say that God will give you exactly what you want, but I can tell you that he'll give you exactly what you need. But the only thing we should look forward to in this life, we should live our lives as good as possible and as, according to the, what the Bible says, but we shouldn't do that because we want blessings from God. We should do that to hear six simple words. Well done, thy good and faithful Amen, servant. Josh. Those words should be the only things that we strive for. We should strive to please God and to hear those six words when we stand before him in heaven. Because one day it's going to happen. For each and every person that walk on the face of this planet, you are going to stand before God. And he is going to tell you, based off of your, the life that you lived, whether you have done good or whether you haven't. So in closing, I just want to say again, be thankful for what you've been blessed with. Be thankful that you woke up this morning, that you've got shoes on your feet, clothes on your back, a house to live in, food to eat, and be satisfied with what you've been given and use that to give God the glory for everything he's done in your life. Amen, Joshua. Well done, son. Well done. Let's stand to our feet tonight, folks. That's awesome, Joshua. How many of you with an amen would say God has marvelously blessed you? That's awesome, buddy. Renee, if you'll come to the uh, piano, Miss Lisa. Brother Ken, come on and get us a verse tonight, if you don't mind, buddy. Let's have a verse of invitation. Again, I know we've got tables up here, but I want to encourage you with heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on a Sunday night, but I am going to ask you this. If God has blessed you beyond measure, he's done for you things that you never imagined, uh, let me encourage you just to slip up to this altar tonight. Won't you just come on, maybe grab the hand of your spouse, your friend, your, your, your child, and just make your way up here tonight and thank him for his blessings upon you, for what he's done for you. Thank you for how he's taking care of your family for the unexpected gifts along life's way that he continues to bless you with. Brother Ken, sing us just a verse tonight, if you would, please. tonight.
I'll dismiss us in prayer in just a moment. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday, choir will be practicing 445. And in fact, our choir, I've accepted on our choir's behalf an invitation. We're going to go, I know it's a ways away, but on September the 12th, our choir will be singing down at New Hope Baptist. Uh, that is the home of where the uh, Burlington Revival exploded. And they'll be having Jubilee. And brother, the pastor there, uh, um, you, Randy Hobbs, 487 of you knew it, and it slipped my mind, uh, asked us to come sing, and I told him we'd be honored to do that. But next Sunday, 445, if you're a faithful member of our church, we'd sure love to have you singing in the choir, so you come on uh, Sunday night. Father, thank you for the day, and Lord, thank you for the good word Josh brought us tonight. Lord, I pray that we'd all take it to heart, and Lord, as we always say, not just be hearers, but be doers. Lord, I pray that we would bloom where we're planted, realizing that we've got an opportunity exactly where you've got us to make a difference for the cause of Christ. Thank you for this church and for Lord its continued dedication to this community. Thank you for blessing us and Lord we look forward to what you're going to do in the days ahead in Jesus name. Amen. You're dismissed. Need a couple of men to help us downstairs get the child care center set up.